T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a football Friday, and that means we bring in a big fella. We love him. We know him. Yin's about to have some fun here. Jason Pinkston, former Browns offensive line on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? Happy Football Friday to you, sir. Always a good Friday. So, I I may have started the show with a little bit of a tangent on how I'm already sick of people trying to say that this weekend's going to be the coronation of Joe Burrow over Pat Mahomes. When you look at that matchup specifically, Mahomes versus Burrow, when you look at Chiefs versus Bengals, do you think the status as the number one quarterback in the NFL is on the line this weekend? I do not. I mean, you you cannot. You can't throw that on the line this weekend. I mean, it's going to be a toss-up between those two. Both great quarterbacks. Um, the only advantage I'd say Joe Burrow has over Patrick Mahomes this weekend is that Joe's ankle is 100% and Pat's is not. I mean, it's, that's the only thing you could say. I mean, he's just, he's, I mean, it's clear that he's not as healthy um, going into this weekend as I would like him to be. I think it's still going to be a great, fantastic game. There are two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, and it's going to be a, you can flip a coin who's going to win the game. 
I mean, there's, it's, it's very evenly matched. They both make all the great throws and, and, and move around in the pocket. It's going to be a fantastic. I hate that people are trying to put them against each other, like trying to kind of create this beef between each other. They're just two fantastic quarterbacks playing good football. And Joe Burrows has had his, the Chiefs number for some, for some time now. I think he's 4-0 in the last five games. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. I, it, it's it's going to be exciting. The Chiefs are going to be ready, um, and obviously the Bengals are going to be ready as well. And there, there's been a lot of talk and chatter, you know, on Twitter. I think it's going to be a great game. So with that, you know, it, uh, the one thing I do agree with is that this weekend with a Mahomes win, this can really start to develop into a great quarterback rivalry. Right, and I know quarterbacks are, well, I'm not playing him, I'm playing the other defense. I get that. But in terms of elite quarterback matchups, if Mahomes wins, now you're one for one in the last two years. Like that's that that's that's cooking something. But you look, and I, I made this point earlier. Mahomes, Herbert, Russ, Burrow, Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen. I think you can probably throw statistically to a tongue of Iloa into that conversation. The, the amount of elite quarterbacks in the AFC is pretty ridiculous. What quarterback that I mentioned, or, or maybe didn't mention if, if there's another AFC quarterback you love, what quarterback uh, in the AFC did I, did I not mention there that has the best chance to force their way into the Burrow-Mahomes rivalry slash conversation? Uh, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed them all. Um, I mean, that, 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 that list you gave is, is pretty solid. I mean, that's a solid list of quarterbacks. I'm not going to say the guy from Pittsburgh is going to force his way in there. Um, he hasn't shown enough, hasn't done enough yet. Um, just, just you know, I, honestly, I really liked I liked Derek Carr at some point. I thought he was playing pretty well. You know, obviously, obviously things went sour for him out in Oakland. He's no longer going to be there. Um, I, I really don't know outside of that list who you can add there um, definitely not Pickett. I don't think he's you know he's worthy of that yet of being close even close to smelling that list. Um, I think that's about it, man. I think you nailed him. I think you nailed them all. Jason, let's get to the quarterback we hope forces his way into that conversation, and that's Deshaun Watson. Um, we had Jason Lock and Fora on earlier this week, and he said he's convinced that uh, that Deshaun will never be the guy he was before, never be a franchise quarterback again. And, you know, below that hot-ass take is a conversation that we just kind of had as a station, which is about Deshaun Watson and whether he can be, to the Browns, what Joe Burrow was and has been to the Cincinnati Bengals the last two years. How confident are you today, after those six games we saw at the end of the year, Deshaun can get back to being a franchise quarterback and, and maybe eventually be to the Browns, what Joe Burrow's been in Cincinnati? Listen, I mean, I mean, that that guy, he, he is going to get back there. You know, obviously, you know, with the six games that he played, you know, there were some glimpses of that and him making plays. I mean, it was a tough. Let's put it. It was a tough two years for him, right? You know, he had a fantastic year down in Houston, and then obviously he was out with all the allegations and, and, and things against him, and he was out. But let's not forget, this guy is 26 years old, if I'm not mistaken, maybe possibly 25. I mean, we have at least four years to get him where we want him to be. 
Um, you know, with the money we paid him, there's no doubt about it that guy is going to be a great football player. And whoever had a take and said he's, he can't be a franchise quarterback again because he missed a year, I mean, please. I mean, I saw Michael Vick go to prison for a year, come back, sign his second $100 million quarterback, and lead the Eagles all the way up into the NFC Championship game. So I, I don't, I, I don't hop on the train of saying someone can't do something. A 26-year-old kid who has the arm strength and leg talent and an arm talent to throw any ball. I, I mean, I, I love to see where Deshaun, Deshaun uh, Watson ends up next year. You know, a full year in the offense and playing football. There's no doubt in my mind that we're going to compete um, from the for the next couple of years for sure. So it kind of brings me, you're kind of going right where I was going to go here. I've heard people talk about, um, well, the Browns need to to upgrade around Deshaun. And and I, I do understand that thought process, but I would also say this is an offense that was top 10 in the NFL for 11 weeks with Jacoby Brissett. So I'll I'll ask you, when you, env- when you envision the Browns' offensive improvements in, in 2023, are those about external uh, you know, uh, things they're going to have to bring in, or is this just about internal improvement? I, I think I think it's a little bit of both. You know, there's obviously some internal improvement that we can, you know, we can always get better. But to, to add another wide receiver, just a, just another weapon. I mean, more weapons you have, the better. I mean, we. I mean, I, I love the way Cal Shanahan does things with his offense. You know, the shifts and motions and the different receivers you know they put Debo back there and let him run the ball so you know and I kind of see that our offense is kind of similar to what they do you know the the zone run scheme things like that so as many as weapons you can add the better but I think we're going to improve just by having Deshaun in there for a full season gives us a better chance and 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 a big shout out to Jacoby Brissett for what he did for 11 weeks like you said he was the top 10 offense in in the NFL and I, I believe that Deshaun is, is a lot better than what Jacoby is, you know, when he's out there and he's rolling he, and he has all the experience and he's getting all the reps in practice. I mean, the sky's the limit for the Browns. I say it, um, and I truly believe it. Like, we, we do have, now have a quarterback that gives us a chance every year. You know, it's not like every year we're in the draft or looking, we're searching for the maybe who's going to be the guy. I believe we have our guy, and we're just going to continue add around him and get better as a team and an organization. Jason, one of the areas they got to make decisions on is obviously a place you're familiar with, the offensive line. And, you know, we can save the Jedrick Wills conversation that I think I've maybe asked you a hundred times for later on down the road. But to get to the center spot here, a lot of people have talked about Ethan Posick and the way he played at center this year. He is a free agent, so I'll ask you, do you think think Posick is a need to re-sign, or do you think he's a guy maybe you like to re-sign but can make it a similar player if it gets priced out? I, I, you know what? I think he, he did have a nice year for us, and he played very well stepping up and stepping in there. Um, I, I think it comes down to it being, you know, I'm sure they're going to really evaluate that position, and if there's a chance to maybe upgrade and maybe get someone better, I think they'll do that. And but I, I also think that he's a guy we'd like to sign, but I think they're going to be like, Let, let's take a look first and see what's out there, and maybe 
see what we can bring in. Maybe we can bring someone in that's a little more talented. But I, I do like the kid. I thought he played very well. I don't know if it's the scheme, but there's a nasty boy in Carolina called Bradley Bozeman who's got ass kicker written all over him. Um, he's probably going to be expensive as hell, but I love me some Bradley Bozeman. Real quick here. Um, the boys in the morning today got into a conversation about they, they feel jealous uh, of, of the Bengals. Uh, sorry, one of them, Anthony Lima, feels jealous of the Bengals because of the success they've had. When you played, um, were there teams, because, you know, you guys didn't go to the Super Bowl. I can't. I don't think you guys went to the playoffs when you were with the Browns. Were there teams, or was there a team that you were jealous of? Um, you know what? I, I wasn't really jealous uh, of, of anyone outside of Baltimore. You know, because Baltimore, it seemed like every year they would always get the good defensive players. They'd always get a good offensive player, and they, and they always won. And, and when I was there, that's what, you know, Baltimore won. They won the Super Bowl. I want to say it was 2011. They, it was Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. They won that Super Bowl with Ray Lewis and those guys. And they, they always just had a complete team. Um, it felt like the GM always made the right moves. And he always got things done. So I was a little jealous of Baltimore. I mean, it was. I mean, they, they were just. They had everything. They had a good quarterback and Flacco at the time. I believe he went on into the playoffs and played unbelievable. I think he threw eighteen touchdowns with zero interceptions. I could be wrong on those numbers, but I think he he just he ran through everybody. And you know, they 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 all they always seem to do it. And, and like now, they always seem to sign a player. You're like. How the heck did they add him to that team? You know, and they just always find a way, and they and they always they're always competing for it. They're always in it. Yeah, when they signed Calais Campbell, I think three years ago, I I I, I literally threw a remote. Yeah, it was uh, it's absolutely disgusting. Then they always bring in like this this defensive player who makes plays. And he's, he's all over the field, and you're just like scratching your head, like why did not we take a chance at that guy? There's also you know, still a. There's and also it's, still it's a time pink. The side of the ball. They always get a great defensive player late in the year, always. And there's also, like, when they draft, it feels like the rest of the NFL is colluding. Like, this year they got Tyler Linderbaum and uh, uh, Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah. And it was like, wait, th- that was a top five pick and a top 20 pick, and they just fell to you. Yeah, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but, you know, kudos to those guys. They, whatever they're doing down there in Baltimore, and those, you know, you know, those meeting rooms before the draft and, and for trades, they always seem to make a splash, and, it, and it's always a big time defensive player, and they always step on the field and they make plays, and that defense is always so good. Nah, bleep them, screw them, sick of it. Uh real quick, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I just let let that be us for a decade. I I just. I just want to swim in golden waters real quick here. Although that made it sound like I want, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Jason, real quick, give me your predictions for this weekend. So I, I, I've been, you know, my, my good friend, teammate, Dom DeSico, he's been with the Niners for the last five or six years. He's a regional scout for them now. I've been kind of following them since he's been there. I love the Niners upsetting the Eagles. I think that's I think that is gonna be a game to see. Love what Brock Purdy's doing. He's the underdog. I mean the Eagles are fantastic. They've all I mean they're they're rolling on all cylinders. They have a great offense, great defense. I like the Niners to upset the Eagles. 
this one's tough. The Cincinnati and uh, and the Chiefs, you know, it's been a battle. There's been words exchanged on Twitter. I honestly, truly believe that the Chiefs come out with this one. Um, I, 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 lo- I would love for the Bengals to win it. Um, I want to see Tyler Boyd, the next pick guy, go get him a Super Bowl. Um, but I, I, I think the Chiefs, I, I think the Chiefs, that you know, that all depending on how Patrick is feeling, Mahomes is feeling. You know, I know it's angles bomb, but I, I, I think the Chiefs win this game. Pink, great stuff, buddy. Enjoy your football Friday. Uh, enjoy the playoffs this weekend. My man, have a good one. Ken and Anthony got into this conversation this morning about whether they were not, uh, whether they were jealous of the Bengals or not, and they asked Joe Thomas. And it's funny because Jason played for the Browns between 2010 and 2014, and that was one of the peak eras of Baltimore just kicking everybody's ass. Of course, they won the Super Bowl. I think in 2012. Well, I think technically the game was played in 2013. However. Um, Joe had said that he was jealous. You know, there was there was situational jealousy of Pittsburgh or Baltimore, but the real success that that bugged him or that, that made him jealous was the Patriots. And I actually think it's the perfect way to have the conversation about jealousy in what's going on this weekend. I I'm envious of the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is proven to be, and right now he is on top of Mount Olympus in terms of his skill, his production, and that team. I'll be honest. I don't think you should just be envious of Joe Burrow. If the Browns had that front four defensively, or if you just swapped out um, the other three guys outside of Miles Garrett, with two of the three great defenders on the defensive line of Cincinnati, so Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader, I think the Browns would have been a 10-win team this year. That's how slim the margin is. And um, by the way, that's how great that front four is. Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, and Sam Hubbard, amongst others, because they got a couple other guys who can play as well. That's as good. Everything that we've said about how good Buffalo's front four was with Von Miller... Buffalo might have been a little bit deeper because I think they ran about six or seven deep. Yeah, like Philadelphia, they're legitimately eight deep of great defensive linemen. They had four guys, eight sacks or more. But like all you really need in the NFL to beat elite quarterbacks and to win a Super Bowl now is an elite quarterback your own and four defensive linemen that can get home. And not even four. A great front four, which can include a weak piece. Like everybody's like, you got to replace everybody on the starting defensive line that isn't Jordan Elliott. Uh, Jordan can still be here, but he should be the weak link. But that is another reason to be envious of Cincinnati. Anytime a team can win in spite of offensive line injuries, and by the way, before the offensive line injuries, the offensive line still kind of sucked. They weren't as bad as they had been the first eight games of the year. They still aren't one of the 12 best offensive lines in the NFL. From a talent perspective, like Alex Kappa is what, their second or third best uh, offensive lineman? He might be your fourth best offensive lineman here. He might only be better than Jedrick Wills. Kudos. But I'm not jealous of the Cincinnati Bengals. Because they haven't done it for long enough. Like, it's, it's the same reason why I don't think people hate Cincinnati yet. Guys, Joe Burrow is a bit of a knob. He's He is that 
cocky slash cool slash arrogant guy that you love in the beginning. And then towards the end, you think of him like you think a horse face John Elway. <laughs> it's just the reality. Like John Elway. And I, I, I can't speak to the, the, the uh, villain origin story of John Elway because I was negative one when he was drafted. But I'll tell you, I bet you there was a time where everybody really rooted for John Elway, right? Oh, he lost so many Super Bowls, and it's so tough, and he's so great. And look at what he's winning in spite of, uh, what was it, Wade Phillips. He's winning in spite of Dan Reeves. Those were some of the narratives that I remember from when I was little and watching John Elway. But by that second Super Bowl, there's a lot of people that were John Elwayed out. Brett Favre, talk about another one. Although, Brett Favre should be in jail. In case anybody forgot, Brett Favre should be in jail. He's not because he's Brett Favre. If Billy Joe Cyrus did... Uh, that feels really too close to, like, uh, Miley Cyrus's dad. Sorry. <laughs> Billy Ray Billy Cyrus. Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I don't know where the Cyrus came from. Uh, if Billy Joe... I almost said Billy Joe Tolliver. Jesus, I'm only naming people that are tangentially famous. If Billy Joe Armstrong... No. If, if Billy Joe Raymond... I don't think there's ever been anybody famous with that name. If Billy Joe Raymond did what Brett Favre had done, his ass would be in the slammer for the next 50 years. He'd be pounding rocks in the Mississippi State Penitentiary. Brett Favre just got another endorsement. But Brett Favre, what an a-hole. And by the way, we knew it when he was a player. He constantly, everything Aaron Rodgers does, he did the same thing. He was awful to, to specifically to Aaron Rodgers. He threw coaches and teammates under the bus. The guy went from having a pill addiction to sending the pictures of himself, you know, that part of your body, to team reporters. And at the end, we were all like, yeah, you know, maybe it's time Brett Favre retires. And by the way, that was before the welfare fraud. Congrats. You went from pill addiction to sending pictures of yourself to female uh, reporters that cover that team to welfare fraud. Whoo! Talk about uh, talking about not de-escalating the situation. But by the end, we were sick of Brett Favre because he was a cocky, arrogant dodo. That will be Joe Burrow. But you know why it hasn't happened yet? Because the Bengals haven't won enough. So I am envious. I, I look at, I, man, I wish we had a quarterback that played this year to the level of Joe Burrow. I'd love to see, at some point in his career, Miles Garrett surrounded by a Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader. Love it. I'm not jealous of them. You know who I'm jealous of? The Kansas City Chiefs. And I think a lot of people are, which is why we've seen this Mahomes fatigue that happened when they lost Tyreek Hill and the Honey Badger and a few other players. Uh it's over for Mahomes. The anonymous, you know, you know when somebody has hit peak greatness, when when the anonymous scouts come out about established players. Right? In 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 the NFL, during the draft process, one of the worst and insidious things that these jagaloons do is that they leak anonymous reports about kids, about draft prospects. And they do it for a myriad of reasons, right? It's to try and hurt their uh, their draft value so maybe they fall to you. Or maybe it's because they just didn't like that kid. 
or maybe because they don't have a good grade on them, and and you know they got maybe it's a a a, a trip. They want they just want to see their words anonymously put out there. It almost never happens about established great players. Pat Mahomes lost in the AFC title game last year, and the second Tyreek Hill got traded. Oh, Mahomes is not going to be the same this year. But they have Kansas City has everything I want the Browns to be. They have they have maintained winning from the second they hired Andy Reid and John Dorsey in 2013. They went from Alex Smith, won a buttload of games, never got over the hump, and they successfully navigated going from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, and then immediately started being in Super Bowls and and, and on one occasion winning Super Bowls consistently in AFC title games. That's what I want. Now, because Mahomes is such a unicorn and so freaking talented and honestly seems like a God, like a God honest good guy, I don't sports hate Pat Mahomes. There might be a point, and I, I think uh, people have astutely pointed out, 2020, after you lost to them in the playoffs, there were some predictions, oh, we're going to hate Pat Mahomes. That might be a point in the future. We all get greatness fatigue. But I'm jealous of a team that for 10 years, and think back to the 10 previous years. Yeah, they had a run with Dick Vermeil. Yeah, they had a small run with Herm Edwards. It was one-off. It was a 10-win season here. It was a 12-win season here. Ah, then two wins here. Then five wins here, six wins here. They went from that to almost every year being in the playoffs. And now here over the last five years, almost every year being in the AFC title game. That's what you should be jealous of. Not a team that until now, and this isn't until now, the, the Bengals could absolutely be the team we are eventually jealous of or should be jealous of. But as of right now, oh, they've had two great years in a row. The Browns haven't. This, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not trying to devalue what they've done. If in another two years, Joe Burrow wins an, uh, wins an MVP, if in another two years, uh, Joe Burrow has him in two more AFC title games, yep, it'll probably be the Bengals. Today, nope. I just sports hate them because they're in the same division, and I have some strong feelings about Cincinnati. Lenny, are you jealous of the Cincinnati Bengals? No, I'm not jealous. I'm just jealous of the – or just – I can't believe the comments that you make about a guy you don't know. Which the one? The guy that's really classy. Which one? Joe Burrows. I don't know how you it's can actually Joe Burrow. relate them to John Elway. That kid is so real. I'm not even a Bengals fan, but I got to tell you, you can't help but like him. You know, you know what you ought to do, Nick? What's that, Lenny? You ought to take some lessons from Baskin and Phelps. Oh. And and uh, and talk back and forth with whoever your partner is, and I don't know how you can make the assumptions that you make. Um, well, because I watch a lot of sports and I watch a lot of oh, interviews wow. and I pay attention. Oh, yeah. well, I'm 71. I've oh, my God. Congrats you know, on your success. I watch a lot, too, but I can look at a guy like Joe Burrows and see it's that Joe he's Burrow. a Sorry. guy. Sorry. It's Joe Burrow, by the way. Lenny, Lenny. do you know Nick? Because <laughs> you're judging him and you don't know him. Well, no, that's different because he's listened to a lot of the show. <laughs> um, he's a big fan of Joe Burrows. So. Yeah, listen. Joe is a good human being. I didn't say Joe was a – I didn't say he committed welfare fraud like other legendary quarterbacks are, have committed. Bam! I'm saying he's cocky, which, by the way, 
is not a Nick Wilson opinion. Look back to uh, how he, and when I say how he, how he acted, look back to uh, the public persona after winning at LSU. Look back at some of the other things he said. He's not a bad person. He is cocky. And we hated Tom Brady. When I say we, that's a royal we thing. We hated Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was like the most humble human being in the world. Joe Burrow isn't a bad guy. You get sports hate. It's okay, Lenny. What team are you jealous of with the Cleveland Browns? Are you jealous of the Cincinnati Bengals and the success that they're having? Yeah, it's funny. I I know that a lot of the guys at the station, like Lima and, and Ken, talk a lot off air. Uh, Lima, Dustin, and Ken. There, there's like a text thread, and they just always are talking, whether it's about the station, or, and, and it's... I could never do that. Like I, that just gives me anxiety to think about. And by the way, I like everybody individually. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to back my doorway and backdoor my way into uh, a text thread with these wonderful gentlemen I work with. But if you really want to know what kind of text threads I'm in, my buddy Jeremy just sent me a, a, a link to something that's called the turducken of cake. That's my speed. Of DM, that's my speed of DMs or group chats. Him asking, "Is it irresponsible to spend ninety nine dollars?" That's the kind of speed. Talking about anything else can't do it. Maybe caller Lenny. Uh, we did just ask you guys, kind of bringing up the topic and hearing what Jason Pinkston had to say when he played. He was kind of jealous of the Ravens, and honestly, if we're talking about in division jealousy, I'm not. I think the Bengals are the third team I'm most likely to be jealous of. Pittsburgh hasn't had a quarterback in five years, and they haven't had a losing season. I'm a little jealous of that. Baltimore, every time, it's Calais Campbell. It's Justin Houston. It's uh, Marcus Peters a little bit more than this, but they get these guys to go there at the end of their career, and they squeeze every – Eric Weddle was another one – every last ounce of good football out of these guys. I'm so jealous of that. Where's my Calais Campbell? Where's my Eric Weddle? I'm jealous as hell about that. They also have two Super Bowl wins that should belong to Cleveland because bleep Art Modell, that's what I'm jealous of. Ah, Joe Burrow's been really great. Two years from now, there's a chance Joe Burrow hasn't been back to an AFC title game or Super Bowl and... We're not jealous of them anymore. Brent, welcome to the show, bud. Yeah, Nick. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. Yeah, don't say nothing about Joe Burrows, bud. <laughs> what about Joe Burrows? No, we ain't going to talk about Joe Burrows. You might get another call in. Yeah, yeah, anyway, I, might, I might have a second uh, opinion on the move to Charlotte thing. I, I, I hope you don't move, man. You're all right, man. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm jealous of Cincinnati. But to tell you the truth, my team has been the underdog for so long. I'm jealous of any team in the, in the AFC. You know what I mean? You know, uh, every team in the AFC have gotten good players and have taken off at some point, right? But we get good players. We don't go nowhere, you know? We get good players. We go, what we go, 0-15, oh, 0-16, you know? It, it, that's what I'm jealous of. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous that we can't add on like we got – we got all these good players now. 
we we don't make it to the Super Bowl. Okay, we know we had a quarterback situation, but you know it's it's it's, it's like that every year since two thousand and ninety nine, or <laughs> ever since we come back, we've been underdogs, man. Brent, and, be know, honest. Have you been to the future? Am I still alive? Yeah, you're still alive. Oh. 29 I'll be 114 in 2019 or 2099 or 2099 as I was just about to say Brent be good buddy no. I appreciate okay. it okay all right thank, thank you. you so much it's, uh one of my kids who probably will be alive in 2019 caller Lenny caller Lenny <laughs> um who probably will be alive in 2099 the other day was like dad you gonna be alive in 2085? And I'm like, I was like a magic eight ball. Outlook not looking good. That's the only kind of answers I could come up. You gonna live to see a hundred? I mean, my grandma, my night mama, 90 years old, going strong. Um, getting to what Brent said, I, and this kind of ties into something we might get into in like a bigger picture question because I, I heard the first couple segments of overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And I'll sum up this. I don't want to get all the way into this, but like JP was like, ah, they've been to disappointment the last couple of years. Nobody's safe from the trade, the trade block, right? And like my point yesterday was, because, you know, I've started to hear the conversation. Do you have to choose between Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller? You don't. Like, oh, but you're going to have to pay him like $35 million next year. No, you don't. Jimmy Haslam, like, like Mr. Miyagi, can wax on, wax off that bleep, and all of a sudden they're making $20 million. Um, the Browns don't need less talent. I know the talent that is here has not quite achieved what we want them to. Totally understand that. That doesn't mean you should get less talent. We've just gotten into this routine since uh, 2099, as Brent would say. We've just gotten into this routine where it's, oh, this isn't working Burn the whole thing down. And there might come a time in the next two years where that actually happens, where Kevin Stefanski does get fired and where maybe Andrew Barry gets fired and where maybe all of a sudden trading somebody like Miles becomes a conversation or Nick Chubb, um, we start to see a regression from him and maybe he isn't part of the plans. Like, I totally understand that in terms of individuals, whether it's talents, coaches, executives, it's a finite resource. Those individuals are finite. Joel Batonio, like like every other player that's come before, has an expiration date. Hopefully it's 12 years from now. I don't know if Joel wants to play another 12 years. Uh, hopefully it's seven years from now and not two years from now. Wyatt Teller, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb. Hopefully uh, every one of those guys will have an expiration date. But the Browns don't need to subtract talent. And that's what's so interesting to me about where the Browns are. Because, you know, when I hear JP say that, and again, I do want to play the audio so you guys really hear, because I'm paraphrasing it. I don't mean to play this game of telephone. Sometimes we do if we don't play the audio. We're not really getting like the full thing of what, the full context of what somebody said. So at some point in today's show, I'm going to try and play that, uh, to be fair to JP. But, like, the greater conversation here is, guys, I don't think it's that bad. Like Brent was talking about, ah, everybody gets talent and they win and we don't. You've won 11 games, 8 games, and 7 games. It's not 11 games, 12 games, and 15 games in the Super Bowl. That's, that's fair to say. That's I'm, I'm not defending where the Browns are. 
but the Browns are closer to being a 11 and 6 team than they are being a 1 and 16 team or an 0 and 17 team. The margins in the NFL are so impossibly thin. I mean, I could even point to it by one play against the Jets, right? That or one or two plays against the Jets and one or two plays against the Falcons. And the Browns are 9 and 8 and either in the playoffs or in the uh, the auspices of the playoffs. The margins are so thin. The Browns are not that far off. We're not in burn it down Tesh's mode. We're not where Cincinnati is right now. 100% fair. Are the Browns, have they been disappointing? Yes. Do I have real significant concerns about Kevin as a head coach? Yes. Does Andrew Baring need to do a better job of, of building a roster? That's not even because everybody, oh, it's, it's, it's free agency. It's draft. He needs to do this better. No, no, no. He needs to assemble a better team. I think Andrew Barry knows talent, but I don't know Andrew yet knows how to build a team. And those are two very different things, by the way. Because that also adds the, the leadership component and what you value and how you build a locker room from that side of things. But as we've gotten a little farther away from the emotions and the disappointment of, of, of this year, the simple fact is, is a bad year. Deshaun was really bad, and, and it's fair to be concerned about Deshaun and how bad he is. It's fair to be concerned about all these things. The sky isn't falling. It was when you were 0-16. It was when you were 1-15. It's not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. It's like when people, anytime people have seen me, whether it's after I lost a bunch of weight or even, you know before that, well, Nick, you're not that fat. I don't know what that fat is. Like, maybe it's what I weigh now plus 50 pounds. I don't know. But it always amused me when, you know, I, I would talk, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat ass. Well, Nick, you're not that fat. Still an implication there that I am fat. It's just not that fat, whatever that is. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.